Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Podcast for me and your co-host Emily. Talk about NASCAR for hours a week, three days a week, and hope somebody will listen. I am uh, the first of your co-host, Samuel Stubbs, and uh, my partner Emily is with me today. So why don't you go ahead and uh, say hello to everybody, Emily. Second co-host here. I am here. This is Emily. My dog is not with me, so you are still very safely in that in that second <laughs> co-host spot I'm glad today. I'm glad I rank up high. Um, so... Uh, we, since we're doing this on Thursday, I guess it's not exactly breaking news, but again, we we can't have a normal midweek show, like, whatsoever. We can't have a calm one. Um, and as a Bowman fan, and just it's just, this has been a painful year. Gets off to a great start, has a penalty. Uh, that penalty gets rescinded, oh, the next week he has another penalty. So, it's just, it's been like, complete, con- or not completely, constantly getting thrown down a flight of stairs, and just when you think the pain is over... The guy just kicks you down the stairs again. Obviously, you know it's it's not that literal. Um, it's just sports, but still, it it hasn't been fun. Um, even in a year where he has probably been like the one of the most consistent guys out there. So uh, we'll go a little more in depth on it obviously later in the show. But Alex Bowman's going to miss the next three to four weeks with a back injury he suffered in a sprint car race uh, on Tuesday night. So. Unfortunate. See, but this is this is where I feel that these cup drivers need to live in a bubble, except for cup races. Like, <laughs> why? What was he doing in a sprint car? He he loves doing it. And Elliot, re- what was Chase Elliott doing? Yeah, it's just Rick Hendrick's always been very loose about that. You know, there are some like Joe Gibbs is incredibly restrictive, um, but. Some owners are restrictive of what their drivers this, do. This speaks to why. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're seeing why. Um, I, I don't think you can expect them. You know, I, they have to live their lives, um, but you know they do have sponsor obligations to meet. They are multi-million. They're on multi-million dollar contracts. Um, but at the same time, I don't think you can just say, "Okay, we are restricting you to like no activities." You know, you you can't do that. Um, but it's, it's an interesting uh, spectrum. You know, you have Joe Gibbs on the extreme end of the spectrum. Like, no, you cannot do, like, anything. Um, then Rick Hendrick's like, yeah, sure, you know, do whatever you want. And I think even though I'd probably agree more with Rick Hendrick's stance, Joe Gibbs is looking pretty smart right now because not only is his driver le- leading the points, um, you know, he doesn't have one guy in a must-win situation to make the playoffs and likely another guy in Alex Bowman that's going to be in a must-win situation to make the playoffs, so. Going to be really interesting there. But uh, we're going to do a short little recap of Talladega. We're going to talk about Alex Bowman and that news. And then we're going to preview Dover. And we'll have a full Dover preview episode out tomorrow. Um, so let's go ahead and recap Talladega really quickly. Uh, we did have a whole recap podcast out on Monday. So go listen to that if you haven't already. Emily, what were your thoughts as Kyle Busch got the win in Sunday's Geico 500? Well, listen. Anytime Kyle Busch wins, I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> he 
uh, kind of pulled it off there at the end. It was a, it was an interesting race with a lot of really good guys up front. Mm-mm, Denny. Um, and it just didn't work out for some of them in the end. So I guess I'm happy for Kyle. <laughs> you guess. You sound very... so much excitement. You sound very sure of that. Yeah. I thought it was one of the better super speeder races. We actually had three lanes. We had some fuel strategy, light pit strategy, um, and just a lot of guys up front that you don't always see up front, which that's what super speeder racing does. Um, as a Bubba fan, I will likely never want to rewatch uh, that last lap. Um, but darn. what a g- I mean, that was a good race, but dang it, he was so close. Um, yeah. Good race again. You probably would have had, like, a heart attack and died if Bubba won, though. Oh, yes, I would have. Yeah. I was trying to watch it at church, like, keeping up with it on my phone. It's like, uh, okay. I was I was a little... Like, no one... Yeah. No one I mean, no, nobody would have cared. I mean, it was a pretty chill meeting. I mean, nobody would have been like, what are you doing? But, you know, it's just kind of like, okay. Uh, Bubba, if you can win this thing, that'd be great. And then more cautions could come out. It's like, okay, can we wrap this thing up? Because <laughs> this is awkward. Um, but, yeah, Kyle Busch gets the win. Um, again, full post-race podcast out um, uh, from Monday. Um, post-race show on YouTube out from Sunday night. Uh, and I should have done this at the top of the show. But uh, you can find us on YouTube, this podcast. We also have a whole separate YouTube channel, The Spotter Stand, The, uh, uh, the Spotter Apostrophe S Stand. Uh, so go look that up on YouTube. And you can find content all week for all three NASCAR National Series. Um Along with this podcast, and this podcast is on Spotify, Google Podcast, all the you know all your major podcast platforms. So do that. You can also email us below the LM podcast at gmail.com. So I guess uh, we'll actually take our first commercial break here. Then we will uh, come back and talk a little more in depth about the Alex Bowman news from yesterday. Alrighty. Um, so if you haven't heard, I'm not sure how you haven't heard already, but if anybody out there has not yet heard, Alex Bowman uh, injured Tuesday night in a sprint car crash. Um, it's not like a, you can watch, it's not like a horribly graphic crash or anything, uh, but he uh, kind of broke his back, broke a vertebrae in his back. So it's expected that somehow, I don't know how, he's only going to miss three or four weeks. That seems like a like eight or nine week deal to me just off the top of my head hearing that um but he will miss three or four races uh three to four weeks the good news in all this if if there is any is that uh, one of those weeks could be the all-star race so the next three weeks points races dover kansas darlington may 21st though is the all-star race that would be the fourth week and i'm not going to doubt hendrick's timeline on this because their timeline with chase elliott was literally spot on like to the week that he came back um but you know, having an exhibition race there, which don't even get me started or ask me how on earth his all-star race automatic bid's going to work. I have no idea if the 48's going to be in the all-star race or not, um, if Josh Berry will drive it. I don't think he'd want to come back, even if he is cleared, because why would you want to come back for an exhibition race and maybe, you know, run the risk of getting re-injured? But Josh Berry will fill in uh, the next three weeks that he's in that car, or that Bowman's out of the car. Uh, Emily, what are your whole thoughts on this? Um... I mean, it's it's a it's a big deal, you know. It's a it's a playoff contender uh, now out, and he's going to be probably ninety to hundred points back around twentieth when he comes back in points. Um, like his teammate Chase Lee, not going to be in a great situation playoff wise. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, just compare it to Chase in that, you know, if you're not locked in, you're not in a good place. You have to be making moves now. It is too late to be missing weeks. Um, you're you're just 
your hope is going down. Yeah, you're almost in a must-win situation at this point. I think if yeah. you're probably more than like 50 points back, I'd say you're you're uh, you're in a must-win spot. Um, I mean, it's still entirely possible for him to point his way in and chase. It's just going to be a really difficult winning a race. Uh, is the most direct path, and I feel a lot better about that with Chase Elliott than I do Bowman because Bowman's a guy that usually only wins one or two races a year consistently. Elliott is a guy that we you know won five last year, so yeah. um, he dominates often. So. He does. Um, an interesting situation here for Bowman. What what do you think? You know, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit already at the start, but what do you think about uh, restrictions um, in terms of drivers doing extracurricular extracurricular activities? We we had this whole conversation when Chase Elliott got injured. Um, I mean, his thing was like five six weeks. You know, this is only three to four, so a little bit lesser, I guess, of of significance. But um, you know, should drivers do extra? Oh my gosh, extracurricular activities. I can't talk. Uh, can't say that word anyway. Um, should they be participating in them, and, and what restrictions should be uh, put on them? I mean, that's so hard because you look at this as like this is a it's a career, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a job. Should a job keep you from living your life? No, it shouldn't. Um, that said, you have to look at some jobs keep you from being able to do some things, and there are times of the year where it may not be plausible for you to do certain things because of your job and that's just something that comes with it sometimes and so I think when you're doing highly risky activities for a job that physical, like and you're not replaceable mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. like no one else can step in and do your job yeah yeah I get what you're they saying can try so I don't know yeah, um, it, it's something that like, and again, you're operating kind of under a team owner, a team manager, someone that's making those decisions. And if they want to be able to trust that you are going to race this season for them, then what should you be doing? So I don't know. I don't want to say no, because again, it's, it's a job. But at the end of the day, there may be times in the season where I feel like it's appropriate to have some guidelines. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say, and I I agree with this, you know, I'm fine with you running some dirt races or whatever during the regular season. But, you know, once we come to the final few weeks of the regular season, once we get into the playoffs, if you're in the playoffs, I don't want you to, you know, go risk a championship run by flipping in a sprint car race or you know, something to that effect. Um, If it's like Bowman last year where it's an injury sustained in a race, then yeah, there's nothing you can do, you know, to that. Um, But there are, there are, you know, it's, it's risk versus reward. You know, you're, you are taking a risk. What is the reward? Well, for these drivers, if it's like driving another vehicle in a race, then I, I don't see how you can fault them too much because I know people hate hearing this, especially in these situations, but a racer is going to race. It's, I mean, they're, they're animals. They are, they're, mentally crazy i mean they are not normal people they have a bug and, that, and that's why they do it for a living um and I, I i know people hate hearing that i've seen a lot of people kind of refute that claim like oh no that's not really true but yes it is um that that's just what they do you know they live to race that's their career that's their job but at the same time it's also still kind of a hobby uh, that's why so many of them own race teams and either xfinity truck or, or you know, like alex bowman he owns a sprint car team um and, you know, it's not like his sponsor can come out and get angry at him because Ally, his main cup sponsor, was sponsoring his dirt car. It's not like they can come out and say, hey, 
we're mad at you. You got injured and you're going to miss obligations. Well, why did you sponsor the dirt car and put money behind it? Um, but it's, it's a, it's a difficult subject. Um, but I don't know what Rick Hendrick needs. Maybe the only activity is he should let his drivers do is just, you know, those, like those bubble balls, Emily, like you can, like mm -hmm. you can get in and just maybe he should just have all four drivers do that when they say they're bored. All right, go get in the bubbles, go get in the hamster bubbles and run into each other. They're like the sumo stuff that we had a few years ago. Just do that. Do something where you're protected at least because yeah. if another driver goes down this year, which is unlikely, but he's already seen half his team go down for extended periods of time this year. Um, and in a year and in an era now where all four Hendrick cars, all four Hendrick drivers, as good as they are, are expected to make the playoffs year in, year out, you're, you're really kind of towing that line. And I agree with you completely that they're not necessarily replaceable. Sure. You can put a backup guy in there, a fill in guy in there, but they're not running for that driver's points. Um, and especially if it's an Xfinity driver like Josh Perry, the difference from Cup to Xfinity is gargantuan, like absolutely gargantuan. The talent gap, everything, just completely, it, it's huge difference. Uh, Perry's made a few Cup starts. Obviously, next-gen car experience with Hendrick this year, big. Um, but we'll see what he can do. I think he has a good shot to, to have a good run at Dover, maybe even a sleeper pick for the win. We're going to take our second commercial break, come back, talk about the point standing, and then preview this weekend's race at Dover. All right, time to preview those point standings. So as it has been for the past few weeks now, Christopher Bell leads the NASCAR Cup Series standings, currently leading over Ross Chastain, who is, let's see here, 12 points back. Playoff-wise, Bell is one of the drivers locked in, along with Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, Joey Logano, Ricky Stenhouse, and William Byron. We have had seven winners through ten races. Byron, Busch, and Larson, the three drivers to win twice this season. First guy in on points right now, Mr. Ross Chastain, plus 90. Kevin Harvick, plus 82. Martin Truex, plus 52. Mm, excuse me, Ryan Blaney, plus 47. Bowen plus 41, as is Denny Hamlin. Uh, Brad Keselowski plus 38. Briscoe plus 14. Chris Buescher, the last guy in right now, plus 11. I'm going to do something a little different. I usually save this when I'm done looking at the points list as a whole. But, Emily, who right now that is in those top 16 um, in the playoffs is impressing you? What do you think of the current playoff field? Um. I don't know. I just... Why hasn't Denny locked himself in? He'll be so fine. And what's even worse is the people that have locked themselves in. He won't. Yeah. Race, he won't be fine. I don't know. I, I think he'd be okay. I don't know if we're going to see the same level of parity we did last year, but who knows? I mean, we, got, we have a couple more super speedways left, some road courses. Some short tracks. We'll see. Um, I think Denny's fine. I think we could see three or four guys point their way in this year. Maybe even more than that. Uh, we already have seven winners. I think Denny will get himself one. Elliot's going to get himself one. I think Blaney might be able to win oh, I, one. Bowman. I believe Elliot will. Yeah. I mean, it, you could look at, like, probably in. 16 or 17 guys say they can get a win. It's just a question of, you know, will they? Um it is interesting, though, looking at these. First guy out right now is Daniel Suarez, whose ninth place run at Talladega ended a skid of, like, four races with a best finish at 20th, so much needed a good finish at Dega. 
you also have Cendric minus 27, another really bad day for him. McDowell minus 38, Ty Gibbs minus 41, Bubba minus 49, Todd Gillinda plus or sorry minus 51, Corey LaJoy minus 55, I'm roll up minus 72, Eric Jones minus 75, Haley minus 77, Almdinger minus 88, Priest minus 91, Austin Dillon minus 90 or 117. Wait, yeah, that's right. Wow, 117. Um, Burton is 119 back. You have Elliott minus 120, and Gregson minus 132. Oh, Ty Dillon, too, minus 159. Wow, I don't, that's impressive to be that far back in the cut line. Um, what is your opinion right now, uh, Emily, on all those guys currently outside of the playoffs? And is there anybody that you're, like, like really just, like, disappointed with? Um, Danny. <laughs> He's in, though, right now. I know, but he's not solid. The season's been like it good has, moments, but like the finishes haven't been there. It has been a little topsy turvy. Yeah, hasn't been great. Yeah. Hasn't been, I guess, what they're what they're used to. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm still amazed that you know I'm, I'm Briscoe has been on a roll recently, and maybe it's the finger, but. Ryan Priest, Austin Dillon, Harrison Bur the, what is I mean, I know Priest is it's his first year in a competitive cup ride, but still, I mean, for, for someone that everybody was really touting, for him to be below like Corey LaJoy, AJ Allmendinger, that's not a good look. I know Dillon had a penalty, but so and Harrison Burton, I it's only year two, but he's in a Penske car and he's thirtieth in points. I mean there 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 comes a point. And I know he was leading at Talladega, but there comes a point where you have to actually show some flash of talent, uh, maybe even on a non-super speedway, for anybody to take you seriously, and nobody is there right now for him. But Todd Gillen continues to just be like a beacon of hope um, for all these lower-tier teams. I mean, he has been tearing it up recently. Uh, we'll see what he can do in Dover. We're going to take, well, actually, hang on. Before we take our last commercial break and preview Dover, let's look at the manufacturer's standings because Chevy is still leading, and that makes me happy. Um, they are 40 up on Toyota and 44 up on Ford. Ford at four back of Toyota. So now we'll take our last commercial break, come back, and preview Dover. Alrighty. It's Dover preview time, everybody. We'll have a full preview show of Dover out tomorrow. Cut preview Friday for me. I'll have a Cut pre uh, pre race show up on the Spotter Stand YouTube page. Let's take a look at the Dover schedule. Actually, before we do that, let's take a look at the weather. Get the bad news out of the way first. The weather sucks this weekend. Um, th to be blunt, um, Friday um, rain, chance of rain one hundred percent. Saturday. Um, AM showers, so maybe we get the Xfinity racing on time. Occasional rain showers later in the night. Um, we'll see how quickly they can get the track dried off. Likely not going to have practice and qualifying for any race this weekend. Inspire um, actually withdrew from the Xfinity race. They were going to run it, but they wouldn't have had enough owner points to make it in if qualifying isn't held, which it's not going to be, so or most likely. Um, and then Sunday, 85% uh, chance of rain. In the morning, 94 at night. Um, so, yeah, rain and thunderstorms possible. Um, 
winds at 10 to 15 miles an hour, chance of rain 90%. Monday is looking all right. Highest chance of rain on Monday is 3%, so if we need to run a race or two or three because there's an Arca East race Friday night, uh, that's that's probably not going to happen, uh, at least not scheduled time, uh, then we could race Monday, which that really wouldn't work out for you very well, Emily, but I, I think I'd be okay. Um, Sunday, though, yeah, really bad weather for that one. Schedule-wise, though, in case everything does go off without a hitch, practice is at 10.30 Eastern. It's on Fox Sports 2 and PRN. Now, practice does move over to Fox Sports 1 at 11 a.m. It's a really stupid thing that both Fox and NBC did last year where they moved the net. I, what What is Fox Sports 1 showing at 9.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning? That's so important that you can't move 25 minutes of NASCAR Cup Series practice over. Like, what What's going on? I'm glad it's on FS2. That's better than nothing, but... Still, it's just it confuses people. It makes the viewership for those less, which that doesn't really matter too much. But still, I'm a stickler for stuff like that. Qualifying 11:20 Eastern FS1 PRN Series XM NASCAR Radio, and then we actually have a, a one Central start time, um, which is very oh, wow. rare nowadays. Two Eastern. Well, I um, use the rain delay then. I'll miss it because of church. Oh, you yeah, because Emily goes to church at like. 1.30 in the afternoon, which is, like, a very millennial thing to do. But, you know, that's okay. You're doing great. You're living your best life. Um, but, yeah, yeah, 1 p.m. Central. So, yeah, you might need a rain delay. But, you know, they never start, like, actually at 2. So, it'll probably start, like, one fifteen. So, you might be By good. By the time I get home, it's, like, 2.30. Yeah, that's true. You might just, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's okay. I usually just start the race at the beginning, no matter what. Yeah, you, you basically watch it on tape delay anyway, and so. I try to And I try to catch up by the end. So I try to skip commercials, skip some cautions, stuff like that, if I can, to try to get caught up if I get behind. So Smart, smart. Yeah. Otherwise, Samuel will text me who won before I see the end, and then it's ruined. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I do that last week? <laughs> oh, no. Listen, I wasn't going to read your text, and then I had to look at a different text, and it, like, Right there, it popped up. Call Bush one. I was so mad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would have been mad if I were more mad if I saw it happen, but at least I knew when it happened. That's true. It was fine. You but, did. Yeah, I do try to like avoid knowing if I if I plan to watch the end. Yeah. If I can. I gotcha. Okay, let's see here. The race 2 p.m. Eastern, Fox Sports One, PRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. So yeah, one Eastern, twelve Mountain Time. If you're out in California, um, you better be back from surfing or, uh, you know, doing... Such a stereotype. What? No, I never do that. Just, you know, be back from surfing or eating ice cream as you walk along the beach or back from eating at Sweet Green and eating vegan (laughs) scrambled eggs or... What I I just I just know it exists. That's all I know about sweet green. Um, so be back from that early because the race is starting at eleven a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. And if you're in London, you actually get to start this thing at like nine instead of eleven. So that good for you. Um, PM. PM. Yes. Um, Real like in tune with London time, but I would assume that. Yeah, it's it's late over there, and I think I think it's like Finland where they start at like two in the morning, and there's like. Probably some Finnish NASCAR fans, like, skipping school because 
you know, they stayed like up four hours to watch a NASCAR it? race. But are they behind or ahead of us? Are they day ahead? Who, the, the Finns? The, the Europeans. Yes, they're ahead of us. Pretty sure. That's what I was thinking, but I was like, wow, that's a... Okay. It's confusing. Time zones are confusing. Eight hours ahead. Yes. Global time would be easy, but, you know, there kind of has to be two hemispheres, so that didn't really work out. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You know. Time change adds a little something fun in there, too. Oh, yeah. Jet lag is awesome. Anyway, um, yeah, 2 p.m. Eastern. Never Um, Emily, who is your poll and win pick for this weekend's... Is that just worth... It has, like, uh, like two dots above the U... But I, I think it's just worth. I think that's just their logo. The worth four hundred at Dover. Who is your pick to win the poll and the race? Because my pick never wins. I am going to pick. Publish. Okay, gonna go go with the uh, the opposite, the jinx strategy. There, I like it. We're changing the theory here. I like it. Switch it up. Um. I don't think I would have picked Bowman even if he was healthy this week. I think he would have been a contender. I think Barry could be a contender. He won the Xfinity race there last year. I picked him to do it again this year. Um, We'll see how he does in the 48. Um, But, um, yeah. Okay. Sorry if this has been, like, awkward, but my dog was barking. I had to go make sure he stopped. So this will be, like, a random one-minute segment that's not really separated too much. Um, Major, can you please stop making your collar jingle? Anyway, my polling win pick for Dover, um, I don't know. Give me Logano for the poll. I think this is going to be a weekend where Logano qualifies really well and then, like, drops like a rock. I don't know why I feel that way. Um, give me Larson for the win, though. I, he's, he's a safe pick. Um, nearly won there in 2021. Only finished sixth last year, but he's won there before in the 42. So, give me Kyle Larson, um. I just think he's going to be really fast. Hendrick has been incredibly fast with the short track package, and Larson's won the last two races with the short track. Oh, wait, no, this is the intermediate package, not the short. Okay, well, he's Kyle Larson. He's going to win because he's Kyle Larson. So give me Kyle Larson. Um, Any last thoughts, Emily? No, my only thoughts are I want to see Kyle lose this week. Larson, not Larson. Not Larson, not Larson. I mean... I also would like to see Larson lose because I'd like to see Denny win, but... We'll see. You know. We'll see. Anyway, um, thank you to everybody who listened to the show. Again, find us at the Spotify YouTube page. Email us below the LM podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. We'll be back tomorrow, so you get two days in a row of hearing my, my angelic voice. So, um, you know, bully for you. Uh, preview episode for Dover out tomorrow. And uh, full weekend coverage over on the Spotter Sand YouTube page. We'll be back with you on the podcast on Monday to recap all things Monster Mile. Thank you for coming on the show again, Emily. We will talk to you soon. And until I uh, talk to you guys again, goodbye.